Tableau. 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 Bondi Beach. Tableau. Bondi Beach Radio. Tableau on Bondi Beach Radio. Good morning and welcome to Tableau on Bondi Beach Radio. I'm Athena B and this is your comprehensive source of all the arts and cultural events around East Sydney. So, on last week's show, we had a look at some interesting people and the jobs they've kind of fallen into. This week, we have found another gem amongst the rock. Tableau spoke with Jeff Acton, creator of Sticks, Stones, Broken Bones, puppet show and artistic director of Bunk Puppets. Now, Sticks, Stones, Broken Bones is a show that basically creates live action uh, from shadow puppets made out of junk, essentially. The puppeteer movement has really begun all around the world as these guys from Bunk Puppets have taken their stuff international and have won a few awards over the years as well. Now, Janet also keeps an eye out on our upcoming exhibitions. This week, she catches up with Kirsten Fedmerix, local eastern suburbs artist who is currently celebrating an exhibition at the Bondi Pavilion, which will be running until the 23rd of this month. And in lieu of the tragic news of the death of the legendary David Bowie, Jerry North gives you a tribute to the English singer, songwriter, record producer, painter, actor, and all-around influencer of pop music for the last five decades. And then Jerry will take us on a little stroll with his dog around Bondi Beach and introduce us to Mark and his photography drone. So we beg the question, what do you do when you find yourself in a wheelchair after a motorcycle accident in Wales. Apparently, you buy a drone, come to Bondi and take amazing photographs of surfers, the ocean, the sand, the beach, everything. Well, at least that's what Mark did. Stay tuned on Jerry's little chatola with the lovely Mark. And every now and then I like to play the legends. And since how we're celebrating the legends today, here is something for your morning splendor. This is the Beatles Taxman cover. I'm Athena B. You're listening to Tableau on Bondi Beach Radio. Let me tell you how it will be. There's one for you, 19 for me. Cause I'm a tax man. Yeah, I'm the tax man. Thankful I don't take it all 
Hi, it's Jeanette for Tableau on Bondi Beach Radio. Waverley studio artist Kirsten Fredericks curated the art exhibition titled Bondi Blowhole, which is at the Bondi Pavilion Gallery from January 12th to the 23rd. Kirsten, how would you describe your artwork? Uh, my artwork is soft, um, it's fluffy, it's humorous, uh, incredibly phallic and um, quite perverse, I think. Uh, just um, there's, a, there's a joke behind every one of them, a parody, I guess, um, towards the phallus. So I understand that you have also um, a few different other artists that are also in this exhibition. Could you tell me a bit about them as well? Yep, so there's four other artists. There's Captain Pipe, he does painting. Um, he's got he's got very whimsical characters with and really bright colours with his painting. They all um, his theme as well. We we met over a love of using um, phallic phallic symbols in our work. Uh, there's Doodad and Fandango, who's a perspex jewellery maker. She's pop, very pop related and very bright colours. A lot of neon and a lot of uh, pop art references with her work. Um, Sarah Howell, she is digital collage. She has a lot of sexual imagery, uh, good and bad sexual imagery in her work, uh, quite perverse. And and then there's Cupco, who does uh, anything from felt dolls to masks and sculptures, uh, badges, t-shirts, skateboards. Uh, what else does he do? Big, Just big felt installations. Um, I guess we've all come together over a love of uh, using body parts. You use um, a lot of sometimes fabrics and is there a reason why you specifically chose fabric as opposed to um, for example glitter or um, something with plastic? Yeah. yeah um, I originally was a knitwear designer, so I've always loved yarn. Uh, I'm obsessed by wool, obsessed by colour of wool. I'm obsessed by collecting vintage wools which have different colour palettes to the wool that you can get now. And um, I've chosen to stay true to the form of crochet, uh, mainly crochet, and you need yarn to work with that. And it's just beautiful working with cashmere and angora every day. It's actually quite comforting and, um, uh, and obsessive. Well, that's a good way of making the artwork become more 3D and 2D instead of just one-dimensional. Yes. And what type of um, artwork would you yourself, Kirsten, like to get commissioned for? Um, I would like to get commissioned for, I hope there are some advertisers out there, I would like to get into some advertising and make sculptures, like crochet sculptures in advertising. Uh, I would also love, if I could, to do a Christmas window for David Jones, but in my way, <laughs> so I'm not sure if that will ever happen. Um, or any type, I have done a window installation at the Bearded Tit last year which worked quite well and I just thought, wow, this whole window thing can go much further as well. <laughs> that's, that's fine, each to their own. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kirsten, is this the first major exhibition with um, uh, we've done one big one before with Brand X. Uh, we all had a residency at some point over the last two years with Brand X, um, who are an arts organisation in Sydney and now Queensland. And we had a show called Peephole, which I also pulled together 
with everyone with Art Hole. So we decided then at Peephole um, that we were going to continue this whole Art Hole thing. So we call ourselves an alumni of five artists and we'll just keep popping up wherever we can. Um, Kirsten, I'd like to thank you for your time to come and talk to us at Bondo Beach Radio and I hope your exhibition and any other exhibitions that you and Art Hole alumni have is a success. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Here is the music mix by DJ Drop G, Deep House. Hey guys, I'm here with Jeff Actum, creator of Sticks and Stones Broken Bones, show and artistic director of Bug Puppets. Jeff, how are you doing today? Hey, hello, good, good, things are good. Brilliant. Now, Jeff, how did you get into puppetry? Um, so I have a background actually in clowning and I got into puppetry because uh, it seemed to be a really fun way for kind of a clown to tell stories on stage, sort of, sort of like cartoons. Oh, wow. And a background in clowning, have you did, how did that happen? 
Well, I don't know. It bounced around a few different things. I wanted to. I was curious about performance, and I, I didn't quite know um, what what sort of avenue and what um, um, what angle and what art form and what sort of my thing to do out there was. Couldn't sing very well and wasn't the greatest dancer. And I I was also really interested in nonverbal things, so things um, on, um, uh, stories and performance on stage that don't use sort of spoken text. Gibberish is okay, but. But not not sort of text. I was always terrible at school at remembering drama class, trying to remember the, the lines to the plays and stuff. And I think that fear kind of pulled me to to to, to developing um, shows that didn't have text in them. Um, yeah, so that kind of background led me to that. And at the same time, I was also um, pursuing um, some interest that I had in filmmaking and cartooning and, and animation. So the clowning and then the animation sort of came together because, well, shadow puppets up on screen, they look a lot like cartoons. Wow. And did you always want to, to sort of um, produce things for children? Uh, well, so the shows, you know, much like a good sort of Disney film or something, they definitely are, they have an appeal for adults. But yeah, I think I always was interested in making something that, um, that kind of worked on the two levels, ostensibly sort of for family audiences. You know, when you look at the poster, it seems like a family show, and it is. Mm. But then we um, we definitely get lots of adults that come as well, come as come along without kids, and they love the show as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, tell me a little bit about Bunk Puppets. It's a fascinating company. I mean, you don't see a lot of those around. Um, yes. So, so the company grew out of my my sort of my work as a as an individual performer. Um, I made sort of a couple of shows that seemed that started to really take off. So I then I started to involve some other performers, and, and now it's really grown. And we've got three shows that we're touring at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim uh, Tim Snedden, who's the performer for Six Stones, who's coming to Sydney. He's in China at the moment, um, and after Sydney, he's going to Hong Kong. And we're working now in Melbourne. We're Melbourne-based, and we're working on a new show that will debut at the uh, Adelaide Fringe. So we're sort of firing on all cylinders now. It's just something that's kind of grown out of this, this um, odd DIY cartoon aesthetic that we've been developing. So uh, Stick Stones, Broken Bones, it's a show that creates uh, live action from shadow puppets made out of junk, essentially. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. So when we first got into shadow puppetry, I, I realized that I didn't want to muck around with you know, a lot of people, when you when they tell them shadow puppets, you say, oh, it's a shadow puppet show, they think of things maybe from Thailand or Indonesia, where the mm. puppets are these, be- these beautiful objects made out of leather and, you know, um, ox hair and, and rabbit fur and, I don't know, all these sort of exotic things. And, and the, the puppet itself is sort of a work of art, let alone the performance. Um, so we went in a very different direction. We said, look, it's really interesting to have those interesting uh, silhouettes up there, but what's what's the craziest way that we can make that silhouette? We spend a lot of time, we don't have a lot of things that are sort of cut out already at all. We tend to, we'll take a teddy bear and we, you know, masking tape a, a mop head to it and then you stick it side by side with a, a rubbish bin, you can kind of make it look like a snail or something. So, so that's what we're trying to do in the show and all of that happens in front of the screen so nothing's hidden, everybody gets to this transformation of oh. everyday objects into the shadows and into the characters. Oh wow! And how long did it take you guys to come up with this type of concept? I mean, did you just oh. kind of stumble across something? <laughs> I, I mean, I guess a bit. In, in part, that's um, 
that's the way that we wanted to kind of smash these two things together, puppetry and clowning. So we wanted the puppet to be created by a puppeteer, mm-hmm. but then we wanted that puppeteer to be visible and interacting with the audience at the same time. Mm-hmm. So in a way then, it, it's no fun if, if the puppeteer, the clown, holds up something that's already cut out and already made and makes a shadow out of that. It's way more fun if they dig into a toy box and grab all these toys and sort of gaffer tape them together and hold it up with this sort of turns into a bird's nest or something. So because you have that transformation happening, it became just a really important part of the show that the clown character sort of is sharing and looking and communicating the joy of that imagination and that transformation. And it's just sort of rolled out from there as we made one show and and the next one, you know, the style and the aesthetic has sort of developed and now we've got kind of a whole bag of tricks for how how to make really cool looking stuff out of really ordinary. Um, things from the home. That's awesome. And is there a storyline that goes with um, the shadows, yeah. or is it? So, so this show that's coming to Sydney, Stick Stones, Broken Bones. It, it's a collection. It's almost like a sketch show. So it's a collection of these um, really, really short. Um, they're almost like live cartoons. So each one is sort of a standalone little story. It's like a little short film or something. You sit down and watch it. They're very, very, very simple stories. It's no more complicated than sort of a cartoon. Um, Looney Tunes cartoon or something, and that's on purpose because while you're watching the screen and everything that's happening up there, you can also watch the puppeteer on the ground who's crawling around upside down using, you know, their toes to create, you know, aliens falling out of UFOs or whatever, whatever's happening in the show. So there's a, there's a lot of action and there's a lot going on stage, and, and for that reason, we keep the, the actual stories quite simple. So it's not, you don't, you know, it's, uh, the theater show is, is really in joy of the transformation of these things and then in, in how this, this old frisbee suddenly turns into a you know an old man who you actually you feel quite emotionally attached to yeah. well Jeff that sounds actually amazing it sounds really interesting to see how how you guys actually do it and how you pull it off and I'm sure that's going to be a real big hit in Sydney because you guys have gone international and you know have yeah. had some great successes around there as well yeah, we've toured quite a bit. Like I said, I mean, Kim's in Asia now with the show, and um, we were off Broadway in New York just in December uh, of the year before, 2014, and um, we're touring a lot in the UK and all over regional Australia as well. But this is the first time in the Sydney area. Yeah, are we going to uh, see you more around Sydney? Um, for well, I sure hope so, yeah. Or next year, we hope so too. We need something, need something a little bit odd and different around, I think. That's the idea, yeah. <laughs> Well, Jeff, thank you so much for chatting with us today. How about you tell our listeners exactly where they can find more information about the show and ticketing? Sure. So the show is called Stick Stones, Broken Bones, and it's by Bunk Puppets, and it's down at the Lendlease Theatre in Darling Harbour. Um, it's presented by Monkey Bar Theatre, and it's happening next week. And it is, uh, I think it's the 20th, 21st, and 22nd are the shows. And yep. if people want information... They can go to the Monkey Bar website uh, or go to bunkpuppets.com. And, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an all-ages show. Um, there's some bits that are a little bit startling for the little kids. So under about six or so, we say it's maybe not quite suitable. Um, there's nothing inappropriate in the show, but we definitely sort of just for the it's not for the little wee ones. <laughs> just in um, case. <laughs> just in case. And definitely any adults that don't have access to children should feel welcome to come as well. 
Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much again for joining us today, Jeff. All the luck, best Thanks. of luck with everything. Thanks for having me. See ya. Now guys, here is a track by Matt Watkins. Now this 21-year-old Melbourne artist rolls tracks out all over Sydney and this Saturday you can catch him at Candy's Apartment, which is at 22 Bayswater Road, general admission 15 bucks per head. Um, for more information on where to find him after this, for more information on where to find him after that, head to his Facebook page, Matt Watkins Official, and you can also find him on free listening on SoundCloud. So here is Bounce by Matt Watkins, Baseline. Enjoy the ride, body rocking rhythm, so delirious inside, pushing to the limit, pumping harder every time, travel blasting through me, hear the bombs dropping tonight. Lunatics running free, oh, oh, oh. I lose my shit, when the bass line kick like this, oh, oh, oh. play it loud, never stop killing it now, oh, oh, oh. I lose my shit, when the bass line kick like this. Jumping higher every time Crazy cause I found it Anarchy we bring tonight Yeah. 
This is Jerry North for Bondo Beach Radio and today I went round to ask people what their reaction was to David Bowie. Got some Vox Pops around Bondi. Some young people I spoke to didn't even know who he was. Now, Becky, what, how has it affected you that David Bowie's gone? Well, since I'm from a different generation, a younger generation of the 90s, it hasn't really affected me greatly. Your parents didn't listen to him, do you think, in the house? My mum probably did, yeah, but I would have been too young, did appreciate it. I'm more of a queen kind of fan. Scotty. And where do you work, Scotty? Uh, Paris Cafe. Okay, um, and so you're down here in the vegetarian place, and we're, I'm asking you about David Bowie. Um, how old are you? Uh, 30. And do you know much about him? Uh, not to be honest, no. Is it because he's missed out on your music life? What's happened? Uh, he's probably outside my kind of age time frame, as in music, music-wise. So. But other people um, were very upset, and some of them were in tears. One guy, maybe about 50, from England, said that he felt as though he'd lost a really close friend because all the music was so influential in his upbringing as a child. So what does his uh, demise mean to you personally? Um, I just... I don't know. I mean, no one lasts forever, but um, it feels bad that um, the man who... He's so enigmatic at the end, and you know, just that he's no longer going to be with us. Then, you know, just sad, really. What was your experience with David Bowie? Oh, well, he definitely awakened my rebel heart. I like his music and the fact that he just did whatever he wanted and just went against the grain. It's always inspiring to look at an artist like that and see that you don't have to follow what other people are doing and other people's paths to make your way in music. And, you know, music is part of life-giving and making you happy. And We Can Be Heroes is one of my favourite songs of all time. So. Oh, we can be heroes Just for one day Tell us about your experience the other day when people heard about David Bowie's death. It was pretty emotional. Uh, I was in a bar at um, the Bearded Tit the other night, farewelling one of the presenters I worked with at FBI, and it was mentioned that he passed away and people actually started crying. There was groups of people, just, they were all artists and young people and people that were really influenced by his music and they just all broke down and cried. It was it was a really eerie kind of feeling, thinking that such an icon that connected so many people through music was gone and will no longer be making sweet music anymore.
track you'd like to play? Uh, we Can Be Heroes. I love that song. It's a great one. Let's play that. Good. There you have it, mixed feelings about David Bowie's demise. Some young people don't know who he is. Some others very upset that he has died. And because I think to a large degree, his music influence has affected their lives. They're sort of like goalposts or signposts to their own music history and their own life experience. Some recognise incredible talent. Some see the development of the complete change of his personality types and the way that he's adapted himself for so many years over different genres and experimentation with new music, always on the original side. Let's go out with a great track of his, which is one of my all-time favourites, and that is Major Tom. Which the correct title is Space Odyssey. This is Jerry North for Bondi Beach Radio. Catch you later. Ground control to Major Tom Ground control to Major Tom Take your protein pills and put your helmet on Ground control to Major Tom Sing countdown engines on Check ignition And may God's love be with you
North of Bondi Beach Radio, and I've caught up with Mark on a Sunday morning, and he's got a professional drone that actually goes out to sea and takes pictures, and um, it can go out apparently seven miles out to the ocean, um, and then take pictures of surfing or whatever. Um, and um, Mark, how long have you been um, involved with this sort of um, what would you call it, a hobby? Um, yeah, it's definitely a hobby. It's a very good hobby. Um, I've been doing it now for the last year. And um, yeah, I come to Bondi and film the, the guys out on the surf and the, the beautiful views that Bondi holds. Tell us, how did you get into this? Um, well, I used to fly a lot of remote control uh, helicopters and aeroplanes, and uh, I wasn't particularly good with them. I crashed quite a few. Decided to buy a drone. Um, technology these days is so advanced. You know, you've got uh, GPS and all your compasses, so it's pretty much flies for you, and um, the chances of crashing are a lot slimmer. <laughs> yeah, well, you wouldn't want to be seven miles out at sea and all of a sudden it decides to plummet into the ocean. No, no, definitely not, especially with the, the price of these drones these days. You know, you're probably talking $3,000, which is quite an expensive toy, but a, a very good toy to have. When you say um, there's been an advancement in technology, so they're, they're, they're safer now with regard to destruction than they were before, what do you mean by that? Um, well, supposing I'm flying out and I, I lose contact with the drone, um, it's got a built-in system which tells it, right, there's a problem, you need to fly home, and wherever I took off, that's where the drone, drone will fly back to and it'll land right next to me. 
Amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. That's like an automatic rescue service by itself. Foolproof. Um, <laughs> well, supposedly foolproof. So far, I haven't crashed it, so, yeah, it's going good. How's it powered? Is it battery-powered? It's battery-powered. You get roughly 20 minutes of flying time, which is um, ample time, because obviously you're concentrating all that time to make sure you get the right uh, images and videos and to make sure that you're safe and not flying over the top of populated areas and people. Yeah, what's the regulations with regard to this? Can anyone do it? Um, you can, yes, but if you obviously you want to charge people for the, the video footage, then you need to have the qualifications, um, which is quite an expensive thing to do. But, um, yeah, I've done half of the course so far, and it's just completing it when I get back. Yeah, let's talk about your website. Um, just give us the name of your website. Yeah, we're on uh, Facebook, and it's called Bondi Drone Surfing. And we've filmed uh, all the locals, some of the uh, professional guys, and we did the uh, Guinness Book of Records for the world's biggest surfing lesson. And, yeah, so we just donate all our footage for free. Um, yeah, just simply to, to get our names out there and so people can see how good these drones are and how safe they are. Are you talking about the, the surfers, the Santa surfers? Were That's the... correct, yeah, yeah, the Santa <laughs> that was, surfers. That was amazing. There was over 300, I think. Yeah, it was amazing. And it was even better to see it from, like, an aerial view as well. Yeah. It gives everybody a different perspective. Yeah, that's that's true, isn't it? Um, so uh, you're, you're getting out there with the drone, you're taking pictures, and you've you've got a Facebook page. Are, are you going to make this a commercial? Are you trying to make this a commercial thing that people could buy this footage? Um, at some stage, yes. Um, but at the moment, it's just getting our name out there, and you know, all the the good karma and do things for free. And you know, it's not all about making money. It's about having fun, and you know taking up all this, uh, the atmosphere of Bondi and the, the freedom and the, the, the beauty of it all. Yeah, you're from Wales and you told me before that you spent six months here and then you sent, spent six months in Wales. Whereabouts are you from Wales? Um, I'm from West Wales, which is um, it's a beautiful part of the world. It's just very wet and very cold. Um, so I come here every, every year for six months and then I go back and do six months of work come back to Australia, spend my hard-earned money, and then uh, go back again. You know, um, I can understand every word you say. I, your, your Welsh accent has sort of, you know, been reduced to, to, to a really you know, le level that everybody can understand what you're saying. Well, thank, thankfully, yeah, that's good. Because, <laughs> yeah, the Welsh accent is very unique. Um, personally, I think we sound not the most intelligent, but I can say that because I'm Welsh. Is there such a word as indeedy goodness? Uh, there's many words in Welsh, yes. Some of them I still don't really understand. I remember I was at a church once and this woman came out and said, indeed, be goodness, and I asked a Welsh person what that was and she said, I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, well, the Welsh people, we are very unique, should I say. <laughs> now, Mark, we just need a track of music that might be appropriate to the, your drone or your passion. What would that be? Uh, that would be Tracy Chapman, Give Me One Reason, and that's uh, a remix by the Taylor's DJs. Why, why are you interested in that track? Um, well, it takes me back to when I was young, and it's very kind of surfy, cool, um, and just something different. And here it is.
You're in a wheelchair. How long have you been in, in the wheelchair? Um, I've been in my wheelchair now for nearly 20 years after a motorbike accident um, where a tractor turned in front of me. And, yeah, it's, uh, you know, people, when they have these accidents, it changes their life. And to be honest, my life has changed for the better. I can't grumble. You know, how many people can come to Australia for six months every single year and then go back to back to Wales and then uh, come back the following year. So, yeah, I can't really grumble, you know. There's, um, you know, even when you do grumble, nothing's going to change. So it's a case of you just get on with things and make the most of it. That's true, isn't it? There's a thing, you know, I'm a therapist, there's things called acceptance therapy, which you, you, you have to accept what is happening at the moment, and then you have primary feelings about what... what uh, you know what has happened and then you take some action to actually change things do you agree with that sort of therapy yeah totally you know at the end of the day you know it's a horrible thing to say but there's always someone worse than you out there um and you know life is for living and my life is very good and you know i don't want for for an awful lot so i can't really can't really grumble when you say it's changed you how has it changed you um 
Well, I'm, I'm probably a bit more uh, relaxed and I, I live life a lot more. I, I don't have any limits. Um, you know, I've got enough restrictions as it is without restricting myself any further. So for me, it's a case of, you know, when people say I can't do something, I make it my, my mission to, to do it, just to prove people wrong. Um, my parents aren't particularly happy about that because sometimes they say to me, you need to be a bit more sensible. But, you know... What are you, what are you not sensible about, according oh, to them? God, pretty much everything. <laughs> you know, that's parents for you. But, yeah, you know, life's, life's for living and... So know, what do you do that they don't like? Uh, too much drinking, uh, too much fun, too much spending money on my toys, my race cars back home and boats and... You know, but that's parents, isn't it? You know, they want yeah. you to, to save your money and to make sure you've got money. One of the annoying thing about parents is that um, when you're a child, they have a parent attitude towards you to look after you, and when you become an adult, they don't tend to change. They still keep you the same as when you were 13, and they still have this. They think they need to look after you and you know have that same parent attitude. Yeah, that's very true, and you know, especially for me because obviously um, when I was born, some of so my parents raised me, and then. I had my accident, so it was then like going back to being a, a child again, you know, having to learn how to balance, you know, all the tablets and the routines and so on. So for my mum to, to try and let go, it's obviously been a lot harder, but they've obviously seen how positive I am and how driven I am to, to live a, a full life and a, and a normal life, you know, just because I'm in a wheelchair doesn't mean I'm any different to anybody else. I just sit down, which is also very convenient. When I go out, I've always got a seat, nothing to worry about. <laughs> that, that's amazing. What a wonderful attitude, Mark. Um, and you've got to have your passions. Uh, and sometimes passions don't actually fall in your lap. You have to sort of create them. Did, did you, have you created a passion uh, with, the, uh, with this machine? Um, yeah, with the drone, yeah, that certainly um, keeps me out of trouble. But back home, I've got two fishing lakes which are all totally wheelchair accessible and to date they're the only ones uh, in Great Britain. So that was one achievement that I've done and then I designed and manufactured wheelchairs and then did that for six years and then sold the company to another wheelchair company and now I've gone into property which is a lot easier. Wow, that's, that's amazing, Mark. Do, do, are you in a group of um, drone association or are you in, in, in groups of any kind? Um, we're, we're not at the moment. Um, obviously, when you, when you do your exams, you have to log all your flights and you obviously have to have a drone buddy who keeps an eye out for you, telling you what's around, you know, all your heights and just to make sure that you're flying safe. And, you know, when you're talking about these things... You know, they do 30-odd miles an hour, so you need to be safe and you need to respect other people. Um, but the, the, the funny thing is, when I came out to Australia, I was a little bit um, cautious about flying them because, you know, obviously people's um, privacy and so on. But since I've been out here, there hasn't been one, one issue where someone's, you know, complains. They all thoroughly enjoy looking at the, the um, iPads and seeing what I can see and what the drone sees. Okay, so are you going to get a website eventually or are you going to stay on Facebook? No, we will definitely get a website. Hopefully next year when I come back, okay. I'll be fully qualified and then, um, and then, well, hopefully the footage will be better in the editing and, and then people will know about us and 
Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's very, really good. I really look forward to coming to see you next year and seeing the website and, and um, giving you some publicity for that because I, I think it's such an incredible thing to do to go out there and, and taking these drone pictures of, of surfing and the ocean. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, Mark, now for a second track, what, what would you like to choose now? Uh, my second track would be Tom O'Dell, Another Love, and that's uh, Zouet Edit. Thank you, and here it is. Cheers. 
And that was Tom O'Dell, Another Love. And thank you, Mark. Um, Mark is down there uh, m- most weekends, actually, with his drone, taking it out to the ocean and taking amazing pictures of the surfers and everything out to sea. So go onto the Facebook page, which is Bondi Drone Surfing. Have a look. It's an amazing thing to look at. The, the photography is incredible. And you'll see shots of surfing you've never seen before. This is Jerry North for Bondi Beach Radio. Catch you later. Stay with us. We love your company. Bye. Well, that's all we've got time for today, guys. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Join us next week for the latest in arts and culture around Sydney's East. I'm Athena B, signing off. in the hole, my friend, you better